Well, thank you for joining us on Let the Healing Begin podcast. I'm your host, Asia. And today we have Alan Cox. How are you, Alan? I'm uh, really, really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time. So, how's your... um, How's everything going? How's your day been going so far? Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, it's um, it's only nine o'clock here in New Zealand, so uh, it's just starting here for me, really. And that's crazy. We are officially. Well, I'm on Eastern Stand Eastern Standard Time um, here in the U.S., so it's a little after five here. Wow. Um, so I have this. Um, standard uh, dad joke that I tell to all people like you and that is that we're actually one day ahead of you so if you'd like me to let you know what your uh, lotto numbers will be just give me a shout <laughs> are they do they usually roll out the same as the US and over there uh, that what the lotto mm-hmm um, yeah, they they do, but obviously the numbers, uh, you know, the, the 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 winnings aren't quite as uh, glamorous as what what you might get over there. Wow, <laughs> we, we've and only got much... a popula- we've only got a population of I don't know four four point something million. Wow, wow! So you're born and raised over there? No, I, I'm actually originally from the UK. I was I was born in London um, and. I migrated to New Zealand just uh, just just literally just before the millennium, so not late 1999. Uh, so I've been here for 23 years now, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, I, I, I feel I feel really blessed, really, to have discovered this place. You know, I mean, apart from apart from some minor little things like. Um, earthquakes and mosque shootings. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's generally been a um, it's generally been a really safe, um, wonderful place to bring up children. So uh, I can't I can't moan. That's good. I've never experienced an earthquake. I know that's got to be something. No, yeah. Um, I, I it, it's a it's a funny thing, really, because. On the one hand, it's not something I would, you know, put on anybody's bucket list. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, when you look back and you think, do I do I wish it had never happened? You know, there's there's so much good that's come out of it. I've, mm-hmm. although it, you know, nearly killed me, uh, you know, quite literally. Um, I think I've grown enormously as, as a person as well. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on your bucket list, but I'm, I don't necessarily regret that it happened to me. Yeah. Um, so, I'm gonna bag all the way up and talk about how it was for you growing up in your childhood. Um, were you in like a two parent household, or how was that for you? Um. Yep, I had, so my mum and dad were basically working class people um, and I think, I think the, the kind of the short story is that I, I wasn't exactly planned or wanted um, and that 
that led to, you know, my my dad kind of, you know, I, I always had a relationship with my dad where um, I kind of felt like I was, you know, a, a pain. You know, like I, I basically called it calls, you know, their life a, a problem kind of thing. Um, he he um, he worked up in London on the London buses and he worked incredibly unsocial hours um so often you know i would go most of the week without seeing much of him really um my mum i think that caused a lot of tension with my parents and you know they would argue and fight a lot and and that's not good for a, a young youngster um um you know i was put into um like I mean, people people go like to a daycare now, but I, I was put into like these like really extended ones where like you was dropped off at very early in the morning and picked up late at night, kind of thing. And uh-huh. and it, it um, I don't have a lot of memories other than like it was it was just not a great environment. Um, and yeah, so look, um, kind of feel like I'm rabbiting on a little bit here, but. Um, there was there was quite a lot of trauma. Um, my mum would often say things to me that like no child should ever hear, um, and that that led to me having, I guess, quite low self esteem. You know, um, so yeah, it was um, wasn't wasn't the wasn't the ideal uh, upbringing. No. Um, l- let me ask you something. Um... Do you feel like the tension between your mom and dad um, was taken out a lot on you, um, like on behalf of your mom? Yeah, and, and my dad. You know, like um, my, I know that my mom would often, you know, when my dad come home, you know, like I, I can now, now that I'm a now that I'm an adult, I can kind of imagine the situation. But you know, he he's come back from a um, a long day of you know the, i don't know if you know those those old red they call them the root master buses right they were heavy gear to be uh-huh. um turning the wheel on those things you know no you know not all the power steering and stuff like you got today so so he he got home tired after a long heavy day um you know he'd have to commute for about an hour on the trains to get back to our house and then my mum would basically spout off about how hard the day is, what what a shit Alan Cox, had, you know, what, what a shit I had been, and things like that. Mm. Um, and then he would believe her and like, you know, take it out on me, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I condone their behaviour. I can kind of I can kind of um, see how it might have happened. Um, like I, I know that for my mum especially, having a child out of wedlock at that time had a lot of shame in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she was probably getting shame from her parents, her family, and sisters and brothers and things like that. So yeah. no 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 doubt she was going through an awful lot of stress. But it definitely um, it definitely kind of led. Um, I, I don't know if. I don't know if "taken out on me" is the is the right phrase, but you know it certainly led to behaviours and things 
towards me that like just were really really unhealthy yeah um were you now how long did this go on for um it pretty much went on throughout my whole childhood to be honest um i think that um you know even when i even when i was at school um Mm -hmm. so when, when i was about seven my um my brother was born and and he was you know he was planned and um it just always felt like you know he got the attention you know and um even when i was kind of maturing as a young adult kind of thing um there was a lot of expectation on me to be more of an adult than i actually was you know like even if you're 16 or 18 you still you still haven't got the wiring to understand or behave in the ways that you know, your parents sometimes expect you to. You know, um, so so yeah, it was it was it was it was really just a hard time from them right up until I left home, and I was actually kind of pushed into leaving home. A lot of pressure on me to leave home, so I got married quite young. I mean, I don't I don't regret that at all. Like I'm I'm still with my wonderful wife after thirty odd years, and um, you know, we we have a even to this day we have a fantastic relationship um so i feel blessed there but you know leaving home getting a mortgage and all of those things at such an early age is like looking back i just wasn't i wasn't equipped for it really so uh um but i even even then i remember that you know i was working and working hard and trying to support the wife and everything like that and and even when we had children there was still you know the mum would still basically put demands on me and you know why haven't you done this why haven't you done that so it was i think that was probably a big part of why i um why i migrated to new zealand just i kind of just had enough and and wanted to get away well congratulations on your marriage um and the fact that you guys you know you guys have been together for so long that's amazing yeah Um, yeah it's um i know it's hard work but you get le- you get less time for murder, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so in that, well, how old were you when you officially got out on your own? We bought we bought our first house when um, probably at twenty one. You know, got married and married in the first house when we was twenty one. So it's quite young. Yeah, really young. Wow. And so. Let me ask you this. Once you were with your wife and you, um, you know, transition into like a new environment, do you feel like you were like a lot of stuff that you dealt with from like childhood and stuff like that were, would come to the head, like the surface? I, I The way I put it is like this is like, um, and, and sorry if this sounds a bit technical but what what i now see is that every everyone depending on their mental makeup their background and what have you they they have a certain amount of resilience right like say on a a one to ten and 
if you if you have a good level of resilience like let's just say you're a seven or something like that when stress hits you um you dip down but you dip down to a level that you're 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 still fairly strong right Mm -hmm. so not only does it not affect you as much you also bounce back much quicker Mm -hmm. but when you've had a life like I had I I think I probably had a resilience level which was barely above three and that was always there residual right and then when anything hits you and it may it may even be just going through a bit of a stressful time at work you know deadlines or whatever those things that that then dips you down to say a two and that's when you're in danger territory right your your brain isn't functioning properly anymore and um and not only does do those things affect you much harder but it takes much longer for you to to come back um so i i think kind of in answer to your question whilst things got easier for me you know you you're entering a stage of life where you know you're a hundred percent your own you know you've got to rely on yourself you can't you haven't got the backstop of your parents anymore yeah um and you have to still act like a grown-up even though you don't sometimes feel like you know you sometimes still feel like a a child that needs love care and attention um and yeah when those struggles come um and and that it was really it wasn't really until i you know basically reached adulthood that i started i started getting like fairly strong bouts of depression and things like that Mm -hmm. you know um so so that's what happened and you know what like when i was raised um with my childhood i went through some abuse and neglect and stuff too um and it seems like you're fine for so long you know you kind of just like you're you just kind of bury it like back in your subconscious you know as like a a method of um like a wall of protection you know you just do away with those things and like the depression for me came about after i had my own child you know because it was like it, it took me back in a mental space of everything that i went through and everything that i never would want for him you know and sometimes the second visit is more like hurting it's more hurtful than the first initial you know um impact mm-hmm. um so let me ask you something else um when you how did you meet your wife at that young of age <laughs> um <laughs> yeah well i i met her i i was basically i basically was doing an, an apprenticeship and 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 ironically that was um another part of my problem backstory i guess is that just stepping back a little bit when i when i was at school i'm a creative person right and i i just wanted to do woodwork art history social science 
and and back in the day I'm, I'm sure they do a similar thing now but you were asked at a certain point I think two years before your exams to take your choices in terms of like what what you like you 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 obviously have to do the basics like mathematics and English and what have you. But you choose whether, you know, what sciences you're gonna, going to do, what, what subjects you're going to do. And and I chose all of these subjects, you know, like I wanted to do because that's, that, was, that's, that was me. And I, I kind of got a proverbial slap around the head by my parents saying, look, don't be silly, that's going to be no good for a, 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 a career. And again, you know, I'm I'm sure that they were, you know, being working class parents, and they probably wanted the most for me. They wanted to see their son become a, a freaking doctor or some whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they want. They probably wanted me to have a, a life that's better than the life that they had. Yeah. Um, but that then led me to two years of struggle, um, which compounded my problems. I failed all of my exams. Um, and as a result of that, I did another year of study so that I could get the basics. And then I had no idea what to do. And then my parents kind of arranged <laughs> for me yeah. to um, for me to go on an apprenticeship with Marconi Avionics um, to get to get a, an apprenticeship in electronics. Which again is completely the wrong side of the brain for me. <laughs> yeah. um, and th this this was I can't actually remember if it was now if it was a three year or I think it was a three year or four year thing. And it was basically similar to a degree, but instead of it being academically as high level as a degree, it wasn't quite as high, but you basically had all this work experience interweaved interweaved. And um, my darling wife, Sally, was one of the fellow apprentices with me. So um, I got to spend, you know, three or four years and we, we worked. I think it was, I think we was we probably knew each other for a couple of years before. I wouldn't say I had feelings for her, but what I, what I noticed is that when I remember there was one time there was a, like a Christmas party and she was kissing this other guy. <laughs> and, and I and I and I, I was just really, really not even jealous. Like I, it was kind of like I had these feelings of like that's that's my girl, you know. And it was like really shocked me. <laughs> um, yeah. And anyway, shortly after that, I made my move, and we've been together since. Aww. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So and for, and for, for, any, for any youngsters out there, I'll tell I'll tell them the secret, right? So I I did a slow dance with Sally, right? <laughs> and and when 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 we're moving, I I, I nibbled the top of her ear, <laughs> and and and, sh and she said like that 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 was the moment. She said like that was, that was it. So yeah, yeah, young guys. Nib nibble the ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: when you um, like when you two got together, how do you express like things about your childhood 
with her and like how did she take it no you didn't no not not at all yeah it, it mm. basically just um I, I suppose when i was just going through my struggles depression and what have you it, it just slowly starts coming out you know uh-huh. yeah. yeah and how was she how was she taken to that um the truth the truth is um you know sally like sally is a lovely 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 person um but she does struggle with empathizing with people that are kind of sick um like mm -hmm. in in a way in a way like i don't mean like if, if it's something say like with cancer or diabetes or something like that absolutely right like it's it's kind of normal but i think again because she didn't really have a none like no, no one is educated at that age about mm -hmm. the mind what depression is and everything else and so I, i think she she had especially especially having a dad who was a builder you know like just rough it you know just get on with it you know yeah um i think i think she probably had this understanding of like um you know where when i was having depression like she would probably see it as kind of um wallowing and you know just just pick yourself up kind of thing and um mm -hmm. yeah and and that yeah i guess that makes you feel yeah unsupported and that kind of thing yeah yeah and you know what like be prior to my depression um like i had heard about depression as we all do but i didn't realize you know how serious it was um until i was actually in it like it it had gotten bad and it it, it can get really bad you know Um, and you don't realize the severity of it unless you experience mm. like it's it's another one of those things you don't know the magnitude of something until you go through it um yeah and yeah. you know when when you're in that like mind frame you just you already feel alone like because it's so hard to even describe what you're feeling mm. um and so yeah it's it's, it's yeah. a lifestyle um so yeah and honestly I like I, i didn't know how to really empathize i'm sorry with people prior to experiencing that you know yeah so and and, 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 and probably made and probably probably made the same and um mm -hmm. you know I, you know what what i later learned um and it is that for people that are going through depression um there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of physical things going on in the brain you know like um you know ju just just like say someone with diabetes they're um you know they're not producing enough insulin and that causes their you know their body to react a certain way it's exactly the same in the brain you know you're um your hippocampus has probably shrunken by 20%, 30%, right? Um, there's all these, and as a result, there's all these signals. You know, if you think of your brain as being like um, a, a computer program that's that's basically 
um, telling your body how to function, it's it's not working properly. It's it's um, yeah. it's working on. It's not. It's not only. Um, it's not only dysfunctioning in the sense that you know it's it's taking two and two and making five and things like that and it's and it's yeah. putting out all of the wrong um you know neurochemicals and everything else it's it's not something you can just bring yourself out of it's it's it, it literally it literally is a physical state you know it's um it i think is. that's what and I, I just so i just so wish that um i just so wish that things like this were well i wish that i'm sorry ma matters of the mind you know and i'm talking about everything if you, if, you, if you think of everything to do with your mind which is basically pivotal to not only your human functioning but the life you have the relationships the relationships you have your performance in work your ability to innovate your ability to be creative and all of those things it's it's the number one thing that basically drives life and success in business and the economy and a country's success on a global stage yet you know it could it could easily be more content for you to learn at school than mm -hmm. you know um mathematics or english or literature or whatever else yet yeah. blows me away that you you do not get that education you know but instead you, you know the school will quite happily teach you about classical history and religion and whatever else you know but but the most important yeah. thing in life you get no education whatsoever you know yeah. just just yeah, just imagine if, if we'd had that you know people the kids will come out so much better um not to say mm. that that would solve all problems but it would definitely help also like um stress management um critical thinking you know different things like that we're, the it's, stuff that we really face with on a day-to-day -day basis it's it's just it's just huge um yeah mm -hmm. um i won't i won't digress but like there's i think um so the country wales in the in the uk um mm -hmm. i'm not sure if they're the only one but for the last two or three years they have been they have been working on completely reconfiguring their school curriculum around the central pillar of well-being um and that yeah and that was rolled out this this year and the reason that they've done that is not only because well-being is important is they have recognized that that is an investment in their country and in 10 years yeah. time they're, they're going to be an economic powerhouse mm -hmm. because they're they're, they're going to have all these youngsters that are yep. per performing way way better than their counterparts elsewhere absolutely that's a that's a really good investment probably one of the best mm. um that's amazing um so while going through that um i know you and i had talked about um with the depression um did so did you ever contemplate suicide at all 
I've, I've actually attempted suicide um, a number of times. You know, th- very thankfully, I was un- unsuccessful, obviously. Um, yeah. But but yeah. Um, um, yeah. So the answer is yes. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Did did you want to explore that or? Um, that's completely up to you. I mean, if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, just, I won't, just you know. Just... Yep. Okay. I'm happy to talk about it. I just, I just didn't know where you wanted to go with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, first of all, how many times have you attempted it? I think it's four times. Okay. And, um, what would you say? Would you say the depression was the, like the make or break factor in each situation? Or was there like a circumstance that pushed you over the limit each time? Um, I, I can probably put that in really, really simple terms. First of all, there would have been, so first of all, you're already like sub three on my one to 10 scale. So you're, you're already yeah. depressed. Mm-hmm. Some, something triggers you, you know, um, maybe an argument, like a silly argument or something. Mm-hmm. You then turn to alcohol alcohol basically makes it 10 times worse your judgment yeah. goes out the window Indeed. and the next and the next minute you've done next minute you've done something silly mm-hmm. i'm glad that you're still here with us um mm, so now let I. me ask you this <laughs> i'm really glad um so with your attempts how did your family and friends react to that after you like came back to anger yeah, very, 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 very little empathy. Um, just mm-hmm. like it's almost like um, it kind of felt like it kind of felt like to me like they felt like I was giving up on them. You know, it's kind of more mm-hmm. focused on them than than me, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and at what age? Was all this taking place, or has it been like over the years? It's been it's been over the years. So basically, there's been, I, I guess, there's been some like real sort of um, sort of fairly big crises that I was going through. Like so, um, I'll just go through them really, really quickly, so you can kind of get an understanding. Okay. So. Um, just when I was ready to migrate to New Zealand, um, I'd, I'd planned to come out here in 95, um, been accepted, everything was going great. And then I had um, like quite a big accident at work, um, quite a bad back injury. I was unable to walk. Instead of my company being supportive, they basically made me redundant. And that caused me to have uh, develop a chronic pain condition. Um, and that was basically the first episode that led to an attempt. Um, I kind of got my life back on track, um, made it out to New Zealand. Um, I went back to college for a year, um, managed to managed to get um, a job at a really good company. Um, at, at the time, I don't know if you remember the the whole web thing was just kicking off. Like you know. Um, <laughs> um, 
and and then um, I basically went out. Of, um, my wife got pregnant with our third child, um, mm -hmm. and and so you know you you've got a you've got a new child on the way, and people said that I was mad at the time, but I thought now is the time. Things are going really great. Um, I'm going to leave this really good, secure job of mine and start my own consultancy. And okay. and literally within months of starting, so my, my wife's not working; she's already got two kids at home. You know, within yeah. months of with, within months of starting the consultancy, um, there was the dot com crash, right? And okay. so everyone stopped spending money on just the thing I was going out to. Um, and so things were really, really hard for a few years there. And, and that, that was another struggle event. Um, yeah. Kind of got my life back together um, and things were going okay, just starting to pick up track again. And then there was the global financial crisis. And again, mm -hmm. like a, a drop down, and uh, that was another uh, struggle event. Um, and yeah, I um, managed to bounce back from that, and then things were going quite well with a like a consultancy I had. I had a, a, about twelve, thirteen staff at the time. I just invested a lot of money into. Um, getting our own kind of offices with you know naming on the uh, building and everything else you know we 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 was a we was a well recognized you know brand doing really really great work in in here in New Zealand and some international work we had some clients in the states and um, and this this was this was at a time when you didn't really have like what they call cloud services now you know everything on the cloud you know we had this room we had this room with you know air conditioning to cool down all of the servers in there which had all of our data and everything else mm -hmm. and um and then the earthquake struck right and mm. you know um i i i was i was you know come like I, I'd basically just walked into a doorway. It was at lunchtime. I just walked into a doorway when it happened, and um, the the best thing I can say to describe what it was like is is you know when the World Trade Center come down and it was just completely white, right? Yeah. It was just like that. I couldn't see in front of me at all. And as I was walking out, I, I was just walking over these bricks. And, and basically, um, the next day, when I saw pictures, where where I had just gone into this room, uh, went into this doorway, um, the bricks were about two foot deep. And a, wow. a, a car that was just like opposite the door that I was at was basically flattened to half of its height. So I, I would definitely not be here. Definitely not be here. Wow. But 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 also the the office that I was in, basically all the it basically um, it was trashed and it was so badly damaged. Like we we was on the third floor, and it was so badly damaged that the safety people 
wouldn't even let you in. So not only did we have nowhere to work from, we had no equipment, right? So I I spent about, and if you can imagine, um, just to put it in perspective, the reality was is if you think of those like office, office buildings in the middle of town, Mm-hmm. Over over 85% of those were trashed, right, and were ultimately demolished. You know, if, if you look at a, if you look at a picture of Christchurch, like about mm-hmm. a year or two later, once they'd done all the demolitions, it was it was like a, a big graveyard, really. Um, the whole the wow. whole of the city centre had pretty much gone, and so everyone that had those offices, they then tried to find somewhere to work from. You know, like so it took us a while but we we um we found like a an apartment to work out of but i guess the point is is that at a time when like many people like me that were just in say normal employment situations they would definitely have taken like weeks off to kind of recover from that event but i i had to basically yeah. jump into being a leader and finding you know looking after my team and um and what what basically happened over the ensuing three months is a lot of our contracts because the economic climate had changed obviously because of the earthquake a lot of our contracts um were either paused or cancelled and we we were just really really struggling and and then that led to me having a uh, basically losing the business and um having a, a major mental breakdown and that was that was kind of like the the lowest it got yeah thank you for sharing that mm. um so um how long ago was that um uh, 10 years or so Okay. So let me ask you something else. Initially, like, um, okay, I got these questions. My, the wheels are just spinning for me. So <laughs> we might have to have an up, we might have to have uh, volume two. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe. <laughs> um, so when you would make these attempts, would somebody come rushing in to save your life or would you just, um, like, how would that go? Who would be there to, to help you in that? Um, it was, it was a range of situations. Yeah. One, one time, um, I think someone, I think a couple of times someone alerted police, you know, they'd seen that I was doing something that I shouldn't be or, um, um, yeah. So there was, I I was always away from the house, away from the family and yes some someone observed me and called the police or something i'm so glad that you're still here i really am um it was and now i'm losing my thoughts um what was i gonna ask next they were all coming at once um oh so like coming out of that right because you said it's been like um 10 years Coming out of that, no, let me back up some. What would you say to someone that feels like they're in the same situation or like, you know, having a mental breakdown where they just don't want to be here anymore? What would you reach out and say to that person? Um, 
there's a couple of things I would say. Um, one of them would be whenever you're feeling like that, please, please, please. Um, even if it's not the closest person to you, please, please, please go and speak to somebody, you know, um, even if, even if it's a stranger, right? Even if it's a stranger in the street, that person will, that person will save you, you know, please do that rather than drinking alcohol for a start. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if, when, if you, if you, if you at least like, I, I know, I know what the pros, you know, like you, you'll be in a you'll be in a state of mind that says, look, I, ju- I just don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, it's, um, you know, I don't think many people are thinking I want to die, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I think most people are thinking, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. It's too painful. I want the pain to go away, right? Yeah. And when, when, when you reach that kind of, when you, if you have the wherewithal to think, I'm just about to jump down the rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of jumping down the rabbit, you know, if you can say to yourself, if I jump down this rabbit hole and I start drinking, then the outcomes won't be good, right? Um, so f- first of all, please don't, you know, th- at least talk to someone, say, look, this is, this, this is how I am. The second thing, um, and this this probably kind of maybe helps to think about um, the potential consequences of jumping jumping down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Um, I've I've learned a lot, you know, um, over the last ten years, I've. I've not only studied, you know, neuroscience, psychology, Buddhism, Taoism, you know, all of these things. Um, you and 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 I and I've certainly um, I've certainly become a lot more spiritual and you know aware of things like consciousness and things like that, and um, and being, I guess forcefully trained as an engineer you know there are things that I have quite an inquiring mind and there are things there are things that can't be explained in science right that lead you to it leads you to a place where you think I just have no we just have no idea what the rules of the universe are where we have no idea what comes next you know it doesn't um it doesn't matter what your beliefs are it doesn't matter what your you know religion creed or color is right it doesn't matter any of that the simple the simple reality is is that we do not know what comes after we leave this earth and what the rules for that are 
right? I mean, ju just just um, if I may to bring a little bit of humor to this, you know, is that, you know, it may sound strange, but it may be that the rules of the universe are that if you take your life, you'll come back as a, a pig or a, a worm or something yeah. like that, right? Um, but if you if you um, get to the end of your life and you have made a contribution to society and lived a life with meaning and purpose, then mm -hmm. then something much better will happen for you, right? Um, and the other the other thing is. Um, however, however much you might want to lash out at, you know, certain individuals, whether that be your wife, your mum, your dad, whoever, the thing that you don't realize is there are literally hundreds of people around you that will be devastated and forever impacted by you going away mm -hmm. right yeah and i don't think anyone really would want to put that onto if they really thought yeah. about it carefully so so i know that's kind of a bit of a long description but now now that i know what i know what i'd say is look think about those things you know because mm -hmm. By jumping down that rabbit hole, there could actually be some consequences that are far yeah. worse than what you mm -hmm. can imagine. What you have to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and the final thing is, is as like people like me and you are testament to, is mm -hmm. um, whatever you're going through at the time, you're just in some form of bad weather, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and with all bad weather, it does pass. There is always there is all there's always sunshine up above. There's always there's always stars and the moon up above, mm -hmm. right? And you know. And I think that's that's kind of the like the third leg to this kind of shall I jump down the rabbit hole is mm -hmm. what what potential life am I throwing away for myself? You know, like mm -hmm. you 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 may not even have one percent of the confidence or idea that you will make something of this world. Right, mm -hmm. but um, if if you make the right choices, you will. You know, I, I'm 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 the son of a bus driver and a telephonist, right? And now mm -hmm. I'm a founder of a, a mission enterprise that's helping hundreds of people, thousands of people around the world. So mm -hmm. that that's 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 a better choice to make, I think. Absolutely. Um, and so you, you, you're taking me, look, you're taking me into what I was going to ask you. So after, you know, transitioning into a better space, 
what was the first thing that you like dove into? Like, how did you, um, you know, with you, well, I'll let you introduce, you know, your project and stuff like that and what you have going on. Cause I definitely want you to tell everyone about this and I'm going to tell everyone about it too. Um, but how did you get started with that? You know, just shifting out of that mental state that you were in and into a more like peaceful space, more productive space, ready to just, you know, change the way that you were living. Um, so back, back at the time, I would basically describe myself as being in a pitch black tunnel that I had no idea which way was which or, or even if there was a way out, right? And then for some reason, there was this program came on TV and it's it, although it's a little bit dated, um, now it's available for free on YouTube. It's a, it's a BBC program called the truth about depression. And, and that, that just watching that program, number one told me that, hold on, this isn't yes. What's going on is in my head, but it's not in my head in the sense that it's imaginary. This, this is real. This is, you know, there's actually real stuff wrong with me. And yeah. the sec and the second thing that the program showed it is how all of that stuff can recover up 100%, you know, um, and I'm talking about depression here. I'm not talking about like, if you have, um, say schizophrenia or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. so that, that program turned on the lights in the tunnel. I could, I, I saw a chink of light. I saw what way I saw that, that I saw that there was a way out and that, mm -hmm. that really led me on my journey of, well, a, um, consuming as much knowledge as I could about mental health, depression, that got me yeah. reading books about, you know, Buddhism and everything, everything I possibly could, you know, because mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever label you put on a book, um, they all have these common threads that you'll pick up on. And, and, and the more that you read, um, all of these pieces suddenly start falling into place. And, and yeah, that's when I, that's when I went on my journey of, um, it's one of those things that one, once you start making like sense of your mind, it's like mm -hmm. a, it's, it's almost like a fitness bug where you just don't want to let go. And, yep. and when, when I kind of got myself just, just to use the analogy of like mental well-being on a, a one to 10, the reality mm -hmm. is, is most people are around the five, 5.5 is, is, is not, it's not great. Once I'd got myself to a five, 5.5, you know, back to like the normal range, mm -hmm. I was not only not, you know, in good mental health. And by the way, mm -hmm. good mental health just means that you're above a three, right? Mm -hmm. That's all it means. Yeah. Wow. Um, once I'd got myself into like a, you know, a, a good sense of mental health, I also had these new insights and knowledge that 
made everything different and i and i just carried i just carried you know and that and and really the more the more i learned the more i put into practice the more it impacted my life in terms of you know it made my relationships better my productivity skyrocketed mm-hmm. i had more energy i had more optimism and confidence yeah. um i i i I just really wanted I just want everyone to have that and that and that's why I that's why I I founded Everyellow the company I'm working for now. Yes, um and I was just going to say so tell us about the Everyellow please. Yeah, so so we we wanted to um uh, when I use the word we um it's just me in the company but I have I have a number of like freelancer friends that they're they're my, they're my they're my family and my workforce right so i always use we Aww. and um yeah. um the to to kind of put it into context first of all i I'd, i'd already discovered that most of the mental well-being tools that are out there they they don't work um you know there's men, there's plenty of research studies that have looked at all of these you know meditation apps and everything and compared them to like a control group of people that don't use these apps and there's no yep. there is no difference. So there's there's all these, you know, hundreds of there's pr- probably more than a billion people that are struggling in the world to some degree even if it's just stress or burnout and they're not finding these tools useful, right? And I was actually um kind of astonished but not surprised to learn that over 96% of these apps are deleted within 14 days and mm-hmm. when i looked at well why is that it's things like people find it uh find them mundane um they're just not something they want to spend time with they find mm-hmm. them they find them too demanding you know like even say meditation you know for for many people in fact over 70% of people would not do meditation because they just uh-huh. they just find it weird or they can't find the time or space to do it so that there was all of these reasons why people um didn't get help from these apps so so we wanted to create an app that basically was absolutely effortless you know um it had some like real science behind it um so yeah we created every yellow and the w- the way the way it basically works it it you it harnesses a process called um mental conditioning and men- mental okay. condition yeah mental conditioning happens to us all the way through our life right like it happens mostly mm-hmm. in a bad way you know like the reason mm-hmm. we get depressed is because we're where we're conditioned by our parents and and the environment around us that we're not worthy the world yep. is the world is a bad place or or whatever those things are right so we're we're basically using that same process in a positive way so um mm-hmm. all, all all you do with Eviello is is when you download the app you um you go through some questions so that we we learn about you um you know mm-hmm. so we you know we have very deep personalization everyone is different right okay um you know so just as an example um you might have one person that has real trouble staying in the present moment and they're 
um, yeah. and they're ruminating on the past or worrying about the future all the time. Yeah. But yeah. they have really good positive relationships around them, right? You um, you might have somebody else that's the exact opposite of that, right? So they need they need different content, right? Um, yeah. And we and we have like ten different pillars of this of like your mental well being. Um, okay. And so once we have that, once we have your kind of shape, if you like, um, your profile, mm-hmm. um, all it's so easy. You you just open the app, press let's go. You don't have to think, oh, what session do I use? You you press let's go and you listen to these wonderful experiences which basically blend we have all these different narrators that speak um this personalized content to you over a a backdrop of music and sound you can choose you can choose you can choose the music to your own taste and and the other thing that is um really that people really appreciate about the app is that you can you can turn the voice right down, so you're mainly listening to the music, uh, okay. and, and the voices are barely audible. But even though the the voices are barely audible, the the messaging is still getting through. So that that means that you can use Everyellow while you're doing other things, like while you're cooking or while you're working or while you're studying. So yeah. it's it's not another thing to do, you know. So we yeah. we tell people to basically um, use a technique called habits habit stacking, and that's where you to remember to use Ever Yellow. You just tie it to something that you already do. So um, listen to Ever Yellow when you're driving home from work, or when you're okay. when you're commuting to work, or when you're eating breakfast. So that 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 thing is the trigger. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's it's. Yeah, I like that. It's helping thousands of people, and um, it's and we, we've tested it, um, you know, with with an external re- research lab, and it and it it, it definitely works really well. Um, really? So yeah, and and it's and it's and it's free. So uh, there's it's um, you know it's not um, when I say it's free, it's not you know we we do have a premium version as well because we you know we do need to pay staff and things like that um but what i mean by the free version is that it's it's always free it's not it's not a free trial um as a as a social enterprise um one of our kind of key things is that money should never be a barrier to well-being so if you don't have the money to pay for the app then it's there for you and it's always there for you um if you do have money to pay for the app it would be greatly su- uh, appreciated if you can support us <laughs> and that's great and i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat this data point that you gave me um the other day when you said 78 percent of people who use this app every yellow um every day for one week shows signs of getting better so it definitely works and and it's, I'm downloading it right now <laughs> so I can start it um, and I'm gonna definitely try it out because you know um, like mental health is a, it's a process and it's a lifestyle so it's not something that we just start and then we get better and then we stop like you know so I'm yeah. definitely gonna give this a try yeah and I, I appreciate the work that you're doing in this it's definitely well thought out and I, I love the 
you know, the idea, the same, um, you know, struggles and stuff that you face, like you're turning around and helping people with those same areas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's appreciated. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know, even if you give it a try and you think, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really like the, the voices or something like that, just turn the voices Mm -hmm. down. Right. Um, that's amazing. (laughs) You know, it, um, I like that. I've, I've had, you know, honestly, I've had so many people that have, have come to me and they've told me their story about how, you know, a certain situation would happen and they would usually get mm-hmm. stressed or anxious or something and now it's not happening anymore. And I say, yeah. oh, that's really, really great. Thank you. And they go, no, 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 that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the bit I wanted to tell you about. I said, oh, what is it? I said, well, I've never, I've never listened to Ever Yellow with the voice turned up and yet all the messages come back to me when I needed them, you know? Wow. I, and that was, that's amazing. And that's the thing they say is that the messages come back in their own voice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's quite incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. You know what? I actually work with, um, like I teach some um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And so this is something that I'm going to, I'm like, you guys download the Every Yellow app right now. Yeah. and do this while you're not with me (laughs) that's amazing um and one last question before we close out so if someone wants to work with you outside of this how can we find you uh i'm i'm on linkedin just go on linkedin and search alan cox ever yellow and yeah more than happy to talk to anybody okay well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, thank you so much. I want to thank you. I can't thank you enough um, for your time and just for sh- you know sharing your story and everything that you did here today with us. Um, yeah, no, it's been. It's and been thanks a, for it's been, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sorry. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You know what? And you're welcome anytime. <laughs> Um, thank you everybody to, that tuned in. Uh, also, please don't forget to go over to the t-shirt and hoodie store and support there at www.greatergrowthllc.com. Until next time.